From Schwartz Media, I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. Throughout the COVID pandemic, traditional political hostilities have been dialed back. Governments of all political persuasions have tried to project a sense of national unity. But this week, that unity started to fray. Today, columnist for the Saturday paper, Paul Bongiorno, on the growing political stoush over the crisis in Victoria's aged care system. Paul, can we start with the phone call that Scott Morrison had on Sunday night with Victorian Premier Daniel Andrews? Yes, well, Ruby, this call really is an important frame for the week we've just had. Morrison was talking to Daniel Andrews as the scale of the coronavirus crisis in the state in aged care was becoming clear. Of course, aged care is a really troubling, very dangerous part of the outbreak in Victoria. Infection goes through these places very quickly and they're often not adequately staffed to manage it anyhow. On the call, Andrews discussed uh, the postponement of Category 2 elective surgery across the public and private hospitals uh, to free up beds and qualified staff to deal with the emergency. Morrison asked for this. The two men spoke again on Monday morning and Andrews agreed. But after the Sunday call, government staffers in Canberra began backgrounding against the Victorian Premier. Right, so by backgrounding you mean there were what, calling up journalists and, and trying to get them to write hatchet jobs on Dan Andrews? What were they saying? According to news.com.au and The Australian, they were saying that Andrews refused for a week requests from the new head of the health department, Brendan Murphy, for elective surgery to be postponed. Well, Murphy on Wednesday denied this, though he did confirm he'd been in discussion with Victorian health officials, not the Premier, on the crisis and ways to manage it. I've been in discussion with the Victorian authorities about elective surgery. I've, I first uh, discussed it with a senior official in the Victorian Health Department, I think on the 15th of July, wondering what they were doing with elective He said the stories were a storm in a teacup. They did... They had a cabinet meeting and they've made a decision and that's the, that's the most important thing. In other words, a politically motivated beat-up. OK, and what's Dan Andrews saying? Andrews says as soon as Morrison approached him, he took the request to state cabinet and gave hospitals 24 hours notice. But the ill-judged leak is a sure sign the federal government is beginning to feel some political heat. And I've got to say, not without good reason. Aged care is the federal government's responsibility and it funds the sector to the tune of $20 billion a year. And where Morrison has until now been shielded from some of Victoria's problems, this puts the federal government also in the firing line. Mm -hmm. So what happened next? Well, in short, the politics of virus management uh, turned sour, Ruby. An exasperated Andrews at his news conference pulled no punches as the number of infections in 80 of the state's private aged care homes began spiralling out of control and the death toll mounted. Everyone right to go? Thanks for joining us for the daily update. First things first, there are 9,049... Andrews was brutally frank at his news conference. He said he wouldn't want his own mother in some of these places. Some of the stories we've seen are unacceptable and I wouldn't want my mum in some of those places. But that's not a matter for me. I can't change that. 
The Premier blamed the federally regulated and federally funded aged care providers for struggling to maintain standards of care. He said he was worried about the capacity of some of these places to offer care and keep older people safe from the virus. Uh, I cannot stand here and tell you that I have confidence that staff and management across a number of private sector aged care facilities are able to provide the care that is appropriate to keep their residents safe. If I could say that, I would. Uh, but I won't stand here and say that. Well, midweek, the death toll for the state was 92, and that was more than all other states combined. And there were 800 cases directly linked to aged care facilities. Mm. So... Dan Andrews is hitting back and reminding everyone that aged care is actually a a federal government responsibility. So what was the response to that? Well, Federal Health Minister Greg Hunt reacted angrily to the Premier's remarks. An emotional Hunt said that his father lived in a private aged care home in the last stages of his life and he was brilliantly looked after. I cannot imagine better care that my family and my father could have got. And I speak, I think, for hundreds of thousands of families around the country. Hunt stood up for the people working in these facilities and pushed back strongly against Andrews. The idea that our carers, that our nurses, are not providing that care, I think, is a dangerous statement to make. They are wonderful human beings, and I won't hear a word against them. But what the health minister missed is that nurses and workers in these facilities have been leading the charge against them, calling for big changes to be made. We'll be back in a moment. This year, the Saturday paper celebrates 10 years as Australia's leading independent newspaper. In that time, it's built a peerless reputation for quality journalism, for telling stories that are ignored elsewhere. It's the essential account of the week in politics, culture and news. When you read the Saturday paper, you don't need to read anything else. Subscribe today from just $2.10 per week. Visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash subscribe. The Saturday paper, the whole story. With award-winning news coverage and reviews, The Saturday Paper is essential reading for everybody. For a limited time, subscribe to a year of our quality, independent journalism and you'll receive The Saturday Paper's stainless steel coffee cup made in collaboration with Fresco for free. Subscribe from just $2.10 a week. Simply visit thesaturdaypaper.com.au forward slash offer. The Saturday Paper. No hot takes. Paul, we're talking about the divide that's opened up this week between the federal government and the Andrews government in Victoria. As relations deteriorated on Monday, what was happening for the Prime Minister? That evening, the virus was coming very close to the Prime Minister's office. Late on Monday, a reporter from Network 10 contacted the PMO about the health status of one of Morrison's closest advisers, Nico Lowe. Stella Todorovich from the network's Canberra Bureau was alerted to the advisor's brush with coronavirus through his social media post. She was aware that Morrison was travelling across uh, three states and territories and that Lowe sometimes accompanied him. And otherwise, anyhow, he was part of the inner sanctum at the PMO. And so who is Nico Lowe? Well, he's a media and economics advisor to the Prime Minister. 
Lotho has a penchant for the darker arts of politics, if I could put it that way. He came to some prominence when he was pinged for distributing bootleg copies of Malcolm Turnbull's memoir to, quote, 59 of his closest friends. Oh, he was that guy. Yeah, he was that guy, Ruby. Among other things, that enabled the Australian to gazump the rival Sydney Morning Herald and Age with details of the tome and, in fact, led to an out-of-court settlement with the former Prime Minister's publishers. Anyway, this week Lowe informed his Instagram followers that New South Wales Health had messaged him to say he was a close contact of a confirmed COVID case at Sydney's Apollo restaurant and that he should self-isolate. Morrison says he was informed on Sunday of the situation and decided Lowe would not accompany him to Queensland and that Lowe should take the advice of the acting chief medical officer. On Tuesday, the Prime Minister announced he was cutting short his planned three-day Queensland trip and returning to Canberra to, quote, engage directly with the deepening crisis in Victoria. You know, it was a prudent decision, and it shows just how easily any of us could be affected by this virus. Had Lowe tested positive, Morrison himself would be required to self-isolate. So it would have been a nervous wait in the PM's plane to find out what was happening. And was Lowe positive? Well, no. Mercifully for the PM and Lowe, he was negative. But, you know, we got very close to being like the United Kingdom where Prime Minister Boris Johnson actually was laid up with the virus. Mm -hmm. Okay, so the defining issue of this week, though, is aged care. What is the federal government's response to the crisis? Is there one? Well, Morrison himself has refrained from any personal political attack on Andrews and uh, the Premier has returned the compliment. They both say they're helping each other deal with this crisis. But of course, the core problems with aged care remain. It's, it's a terrible situation. In 2006, an aunt of mine died in pain with separating bed sores in a ritzy-looking aged care home. And that's despite paying thousands of dollars for a care. The place looked like a six-star hotel. The care was virtually non-existent. And you know, Ruby, a caller to Radio National's Life Matters program midweek recounted a similar experience. She described the home in which her mother died as a chandeliered mausoleum. We've known for a long time what a disgrace this sector can be. An interim report of the Royal Commission into Aged Care, tabled in October last year, so almost six months before COVID-19 struck, brutally reinforced that it was already a disaster. And Morrison and Hunt are scrambling to look as if they're doing something. But the reality is this sector has been left in disarray and coronavirus is only demonstrating a problem this government and indeed earlier ones have known about for a long time. Paul, thank you so much for your time today. Thank you, Ruby. Bye. The City of London in Andrew O'Hagan's latest novel is crumbling. But don't mistake this for pessimism. Instead, the author insists it's a necessary process for a better future. Change doesn't just happen because it's time for a change. Change has to be forced. 
We live in the end not in countries that are settled places, they're just imagined communities. I'm Michael Williams, and on this week's Read This, I sit down with Andrew O'Hagan to discuss his latest Caledonian Road. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. Also in the news, Victoria has recorded its largest number of COVID cases yet, with 723 people testing positive and 13 deaths yesterday. Premier Dan Andrews announced that most of the spread was occurring in workplaces, but some transmission was happening in households. The number of cases in regional Victoria is increasing as well, and mask wearing will now be compulsory for all Victorians as of midnight on Sunday. And a new national agreement on closing the gap has been released, which promises to prioritise Indigenous involvement. It includes commitments to 16 targets to tackle Indigenous disadvantage and replaces the Closing the Gap strategy set in 2008, which largely failed in its aims. 7am is a daily show from the Monthly and the Saturday Paper. It's produced by Ruby Schwartz, Atticus Basto and Michelle Macklem. El Marsh is our Features and Field producer in a position that's supported by the Judith Nielsen Institute for Journalism and Ideas. Brian Compo mixes the show. Our editor is Osman Faruqi. Eric Jensen is our editor-in-chief. Our theme music is by Ned Beckley and Josh Hogan of Envelope Audio. New episodes of 7am are released every weekday morning. You can subscribe in your favourite podcast app to make sure that you don't miss out. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you Monday.